No, we don't need those. Of course not. Why would we? Why would we? All right. Do you want me to host? Oh, I thought you are the host. Yeah. Hold on. Let me get the ringing out of my ears. Just uh... <clears throat> I to. I'm starting to wonder if I have tinnitus a little bit. I don't know. Oh, I fucked it. Still go. All right. <laughs> Welcome in. I'll edit it in post. It is Half Sam and Dan, episode 21, the Charles Woodson episode, <coughs> the Mayor of Ding Dong Shitty, Travis Shaw episode, the Tony Snell episode, the Haha, Clindix. There you go. Anyways, the good news, we finally have sports back, or at least coming back. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It feels good. The NBA, as most of you guys have heard by now, they finally approved of the plan of 22 playoff teams (coughs) heading to Orlando, and the NBA Players Association today actually approved of it. So it's damn near a full go. They just have to pretty much figure out the safety precautions and stuff like that. But hey, I mean, nobody can be mad right now. Good news is NBA is finally going to resume. Giannis and the Bucks have a chance to finish their championship title if they get it. I think they have a good chance. But, they should. I mean, I, I, you were you were here on the bill. I'm by the way. I'm Sam Schmitz, joined Hello. by Evan Heffelfinger, associate producer of the Bill Michael Show. No longer acting executive producer. Yeah, unfortunately, and I guess I am the yeah. part-time executive producer of the Big Joe, filling in for Dan Plucker, who is on vacation this week. And technically, the, you're right now the associate producer of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Yeah, my. Because I'll be taking two days off next week. My title changes damn near every two days. It keeps you, you know, it keeps you coming back. It's exciting. I was really close to finishing the gauntlet of the 105.7 from the fan last week where I did... That's a fun one. I did the pregame show, yep. the Bart Winkler show, yep. Bill Michaels, the big show, and then my Saturday morning shows. I just needed to do McGivern's 10 p.m. show and the final inspection. I would have done them all. I don't know if that's ever, I don't know if anybody can say that they've ever done that in one I've, week. I've come close. I've done it in two weeks. Yeah. And during that two weeks, I did um, baseball post game, and I think we had another show on the air at that point. Like mm-hmm. it was a two week stretch that I had done everything, but recently, I mean, I mean, I haven't done anything since like January. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, let's get back into the basketball. Bill show. There you go. How about that? How are we looking? How are we looking? All right. So, Basketball. NBA, how do you feel? I mean, we all, we've all we talked about it in previous podcasts and all that, about what we think and how we how we feel about the idea of teams playing in a biodome and stuff like that. But now it's actually kind of snowballing into, like, full effect. I mean, just what are your initial thoughts when you heard that? Because we were both working, you and I and Sparky, yeah. we were both just watching Shams and Adrian Wojnarowski's page, refreshing. hitting refresh every time just to see if something would happen. Because they had a, uh, a board of governors meeting with the owners and commissioner and all that fun stuff Thursday at like 1130 mm-hmm. our time. And we were expecting it because it was supposed to be, from what we heard from Shams and Woj, supposed to be a, an in and out meeting. It was almost a formality, yeah. yet it still took like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So we were sitting there waiting for news, and we finally got it. 
And today, I completely forgot that today was the uh, NBA Players Association's meeting. Yeah. Not necessarily with like the owners and everything. They still haven't really done that. But mm-hmm. they met and agreed today to the deal. Yeah, unanimously. Unanimously, which the NBA's Board of Governors was not unanimous. Do you want to talk about that right now real quick? Yeah, we can go into it right now. Okay, away. Portland? Portland. Portland. The Portland Trailblazers were the only team... To say no to this proposed deal in Orlando, Florida, at the Walt Disney or what is it, Wild World, Wide World of Disney? Uh, I'm I'm the last guy to ask because I don't even know which one's Disney World or Disneyland in Florida. Land is California. Okay. Um. So when you first heard that, we we were kind of going back and forth about which team we thought it would I, be. I mean, you would think it would be a non-playoff team, right. especially the Knicks, because the Knicks right. have been opposed to like everything that the NBA has been proposing since all of this started yeah that was honestly i mean it's just that would just be typical james, and that's, yeah that's james that, dolan that would be right up his alley if he did but uh, yeah so we were kind of thinking does this have to do with damian lillard and all that but it's it's just I, I just really wonder the reasoning behind why portland out of all teams who actually has a chance to yeah. maybe get in the playoffs which is kind of crazy to think that they're not after last year it was just kind of a what <laughs> what or what? What? Yeah, you did what? Uh, I I mean, to me, the only possible explanation is that their owner saw how outspoken Damian Lillard yeah. was about the plan, or not about the plan, just like coming back in general. Right. That's pretty much been his entire talk the last mo- two months since all yeah. this started. And I totally get it. Like I'm on the player side. If you're really scared of getting right back into 100% full play. And all of a sudden, boom, you're pulled like a hamstring or you tear you know, your ACL and all that. It's probably the worst thing that could happen. So I'm all, whether it be NBA, MLB, I totally understand that. They're, I'm looking right now, they're three and a half games out of eighth place. Right. So do you want to go into, well, I, I don't think I ever gave my thoughts. Yeah. I'm obviously a big fan of this. Yeah, you're the, I, you're the NBA guy out of I, all of us. I am the NBA guy. Yeah. I, I I mean, when all of this started, and even in April, I was like, oh, there's no season. Mm-hmm. Once they postponed the combine, the draft, free agency, all that, I was right. like, oh, man, be prepared for no season. And especially with really? how... Oh, yeah. I was... I, I was Especially with how uh, safe Adam Silver is, yeah. I thought, okay, and he's safe for a good reason. Like, right. he's the best commissioner in sports. Oh, absolutely. And he was the one who really made the whole country realize how you know big this I mean, was when they suspended the season yeah rather than lollygag when rudy gobert came down with it within 15 minutes the league was shut down yeah so props to silver on that absolutely but i thought that they were going to be safe with it i thought they were even gonna wait until mm. christmas to start the next season that's that was what i was thinking i think i mentioned in a previous episode yeah and to I, me I, I still think a christmas start makes sense yeah but we got to talk about that at the end of this is yeah absolutely how it, how it impacts next year absolutely I think I I didn't think that it was going to come back, and hmm. for it to be the sport now, baseball they could be back, but Rob Manfred is so incompetent at his yeah. job, and the owners and players are both so greedy right yeah, now. We'll get into that later on. I yeah, we'll talk about it later. I'm on the side of the players, but both sides are in the wrong. There's no in the right in this situation. But absolutely, yeah. The fact that the NBA is the first of the four professional sports. Football doesn't count because they haven't postponed anything. NHL, they're they're doing they, phase. They're going to be starting phase two on Monday. Yeah, they they had like they announced that they had a plan. They announced yeah. that there was no regular season. They were going right into playoffs, mm-hmm. but they didn't have a date. Right. 
for the NBA to be the first sport to have a date yeah. is incredible to me. And like I said, NFL doesn't count because they hadn't postponed anything. Mm-hmm. They're planning for their s- schedule to go as planned. So the fact that the NBA was the first one back is still, it's just mind-boggling to me. But it, right. it's so exciting. I don't know how this format is going to play out. I mean, the Bucks are, I think their magic number is two for yeah. clinching the best record well, in the East. Mm-hmm. And from everything that we've heard, it's still going to be Western Conference versus Eastern Conference. Thank God. The only difference will be the play-in for the eighth seed, potentially. Potentially. What an NBA move to try to shoe Zion in there. <laughs> to get Zion in, to get, but, but get I, playoff Damian. I did want you know those teams to have a chance. Absolutely. I mean, because they weren't out when the season ended. Right. There were some teams that, like, eight teams got cut and they deserved to be cut. Mm-hmm. The I'm not going to rattle off all of them, but no, yeah. teams like the Bulls, the the I oh know the Wizards made it. That's right, because Bradley yeah. Beal's so good. Um, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Warriors, Hawks, the Hawks. Those teams, they weren't going to no. make it, and it wasn't it wasn't worth it to bring those players in and ri- once again risk injury. And if I was those players, I would have said, "What's the point?" Like, yeah. we're we're not. I mean, if anything, we're hurting our draft stock. Plus, mm-hmm. you're asking me to get injured yeah. when I haven't been... I mean, they've been working out, but they haven't been right. basketball working out. You know, and the, the more teams you bring in, the more you have to worry about somebody getting, you know, right. testing positive and stuff like that. So it, yeah. it does make sense. Um, do, you, do you think, though, with how quick they're able to figure this out and how it didn't really seem like there was ever really a stalemate and all that... I think it kind of shows, in my opinion, I think the NBA and their players have the best relationship out of the major sports. I would agree, which is very interesting seeing as we just had a lockout yeah. less than a decade ago. Right. And I, I was So still, much has changed, though. That was, what, 2011, uh, I want to say? Right around 10, there. 11? I'm not 100% sure. I, I mean, I, we were both uh, 15, 14 years yeah. old. First time I've ever experienced that, really. Right. I, I don't... Well, when was the NFL lockout? Oh, people forget about that. A couple years before. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Either way, we we since that time, that relationship has continued to grow. And I think it it's really continued over once Adam Silver stepped in for David Stern. Right. I think that they didn't hate David Stern, but no, especially I mean, David Stern at the end of his time, he got a little complacent. Yeah. And I think that a lot of those big market teams did not like the fact that they vetoed the Chris Paul trade. That's still that, the that, biggest what if. To this day, that goes down as one of the most controversial topics in NBA history. Right. And it's something that's honestly not talked about no, much. Which is weird because Chris, isn't Chris Paul the... Um, yeah, he's the Players Association ch- uh, president. Yeah. So the fact that he's gone from that time in New Orleans where they traded him and they traded him to the Lakers and that would have given Kobe and I believe <sighs> Dwight Howard was on that team, wasn't he? Uh, no, this is this is before the Dwight Howard team. Oh, that's right, because yeah. Dwight Howard came after that. This was when Kobe was like... It was... They, they needed a point guard. I think they still had Lamar Odom. Probably still had Pau Gasol as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that, this was the Kobe-Pau Gasol team. Yeah, yeah. That, that team would have been really, really good. It would have given Kobe his first legitimate point guard like yeah. say what you want about Derek Fisher but he was not I mean he was he's a great point he guard. was a Mario Chalmers yeah but he's not gonna he couldn't he was a he was a replaceable guy he couldn't average 20 and 10 no every and, night and then he slept with uh what's his face's Matt wife. Barnes yeah yeah but <laughs> <laughs> I love how he just threw that in there it's yeah. just random but so that, that's controversial 
But literally the first thing that Adam Silver did once he was named commissioner yeah. was kick Donald Sterling out of the league for racism. Great. And considering that the NBA is mostly black, mm-hmm. it makes sense for them to rally around him, say, like, this guy got the racism out of our, I mean, not out of our league, but this huge racist factor. At least, like, gone. You, you know, step up to the plate it, it, and, at and the back very, up what you're going to feel and say. Right. It's a good visual. And since then, the only, I mean, the, I think the pretty much only hiccup for Adam Silver has been the China issue. Yeah, and I feel like in that realm, they've kind of blown, they, they've put it under the rug enough. Because I, mean, I think the players realized how he was in between a rock and a hard place. Right, yeah. LeBron you, didn't help. No, and I I I, appre- I applaud the hell out of LeBron. Yeah. I this is producing on the fly. I think we should do a segment on like the racial injustice later in the show. We can. Like I, I sort of wanted to serve as a distraction from that, but we can. Yeah, just like a couple of minutes. Yeah. But LeBron has always been outspoken, and I I love the man for that. Right. Like he's not going to hold back if he believes in something. He's going to use his platform for good, which even, I'm a, a big fan of. Even ripped uh, Drew Brees. Right, which, know? I mean, <laughs> that's another Everybody thing. Everybody did, but... I have a feeling we'll talk about that during that uh, topic as well. But right. Adam Silver, he either had to risk losing billions of dollars from China because the NBA is quietly massive in China. Yeah. I mean, the Rockets especially because of Yao Ming. Mm-hmm. And Kobe back then and all that. Stefan Marbury went yeah. over there and continued the NBA trend. I would, I would honestly love to like go to China. Well, I mean, like I, this theoretically, if I could go to China and like just experience a basketball game with them, yeah, because I, I love like especially in Japan, like how they treat baseball. It's just it's like a Super Bowl every game. They're chanting and well, all that in the crowd. It's, if, if you want to do that, you can play the NBA 2K20 <laughs> prologue. Oh, for like my player? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, it was no. it was not great. No, uh, your coach was Idris Elba, which was kind of cool. What? Yeah, I mean that's pretty uh, cool. Haley, I think Haley Joel Osment was in it. All right. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. So pro- I mean, props but to Adam Silver and the players for kind of squashing that beef. Well, and, I guess. and the players, you know, they had their own conference call earlier. Silver had a conference call with them. It was just. The really commu- the best type of communication you could ask as far as trying to figure out what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, when they're going to do it, and really just putting thought into effort. Yeah. Now, and like oh, you God. said, it's it shows how good of terms that they're on. It's that it's bit- not one side trying to get theirs. It's both sides coming together saying, right. I want to play, you want us to play, let's get a deal done. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like to me. Now, kind of switching topics a little bit, my... I'm just really happy that they didn't do this for the playoffs. At least they didn't do this World Cup style the group stage. That, that's all I cared about. I just I just wanted my Eastern Conference, Western Conference, one through six, one one through eight, and then one through eight in the West, and then boom, seven game series. The anarchist in me wanted it, but I knew that the realist in me would not have liked the results. Yeah, because at the end of the day, the Bucks had a pretty. I wouldn't say easy road schedule in the East, but... At least the first round. Yeah, you could really see them making it to the Eastern Conference Finals Yeah, without too much of an issue unless they had to face the Heat or whatever. Oh, God. Which I really hope they don't. Don't remind me. So that's that's my biggest takeaway is that I'm just glad that, you know, we're keeping the traditional playoff format and those bubble teams in the East, or not the East, the West, I don't really care about the Wizards. I really hope that we don't have to face the Wizards. 
So I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather not have a seven-game series of well, no, Bradley we, Beal. We beat him twice this year without Giannis. Yeah, but... Oh, man, that that game that Beal just went crazy. I was doing the post game for that, and yeah. Baby Tausch and I, we I've, I, I really I had to dig deep to think about watching a player get that hot in a single game. Beal is one least of those guys that can it. do it. Yeah, exactly. And who knows? I don't think John Wall would really return during all this. But if he's healthy enough, that just adds like more. Ugh, like I don't want to face the Wizards. But anyways, right. like I'm really glad that John Morant, Zion Williamson, and the Portland Trailblazers, who I really think if they can get in the playoffs, they're once again another big threat. I'm just glad that those teams get a chance, and we're at least getting somewhat of an end of a regular season in those eight games. What's interesting to me is that there's going to be two or three preseason games. Yeah, before these eight games. That's what that's what Sparky's like biggest concern is. Is like how are they, how are they going to get back in shape? Because you can't just go like training camp, go to Florida, quarantine, and then boom, regular season. That's why I like the idea of preseason games. Yeah, you play Giannis, Chris. So you just play Led. Western teams. Like if you if you're I don't the know. Bucks. Because I think if I you're don't, doing pre- I don't even know if they have. A plan or like a schedule in place. Yet. Yeah, that's the interesting part. And Shams was on the Pat McAfee show today, and he was basically giving us an outline, like, "Hey, like we have the format, but they're still trying to figure out everything else." There, yeah. Over the next week, we're going to see a lot of stuff come out from the NBA. And I remember yesterday when all the dates started coming out, it sounded like June fifteenth or so, so mm-hmm. a week from Monday, I believe. Yeah. Is when they expect like international players to report to their cities and a lot of these guys will go from wherever they're currently residing to their team's city. Right. I believe they're going to quarantine for a couple weeks, start doing their training camps and everything. And then early July, they ship out to Florida. Mm -hmm. Then figure a couple weeks of training camp. So... We're looking at a month of training, right? Which is good. Yeah. Then two or three games. Then eight games. I think um, mid-August is when they said the playoffs will start. Yeah. Because from what I saw, it's like five to six games a day, and you'll play every other game, but every team is required to do a back-to-back, mm-hmm. or every other day, and then one. T- at least one. Yeah, once. Every team the is required to do a back-to-back. Right. Which makes sense if you're trying to fit. Eight games into sixteen days—that's mm-hmm. a lot of basketball, right? Um, but I think if the Bucks get some—I mean, if they lock up the one seed right away, right? We're seeing a lot of D- DJ Wilson and Sterling Brown, man. So let's let's kind of dive into that now that you mentioned them. Let's let's talk specifically about the Bucks because, man, it's—I I can't tell you how excited I am just to watch Giannis and Middleton and all them finally play again after. I, I was supposed to. I was supposed to cover the next game that they were supposed to play against the Celtics. So I was yeah. really looking forward to seeing like Jason Tatum against Giannis and stuff like that. And it was such a bummer after that was canceled. But man, like, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm happy they kept the the playoff format because, in all honesty, this is our year. It, it has to be like the Lakers and LeBron and all that. Who knows what him and Anthony Davis are going to do after the season? Well, we have a feeling, but we don't know for sure. And KD and Kyrie, Kyrie may be healthy, but KD is probably not going to come back. I don't think Kyrie will play either. It doesn't make sense for KD really to rush back after he rushed back in the finals last year, and then that happened with the uh, from an even worse Achilles injury. Yeah, he'll. I mean, so like 
this is our. I'm saying that this is our year because now next year you got to worry about the Nets and you got to worry about the Raptors and the Heat again and all that. So the East is going to be a lot tougher. And this will be a championship with no asterisk. See, we uh, had we had Steve Ashburner on today, right. and I I and heard it and I understand that. He, I mean, I'll, it was a great quote. He said something like, "You know, I don't think there should be an asterisk because they're starting up play. They're playing only these tough teams. Right. They're going." From zero to playoffs, mm-hmm. dealing with the time off and everything like th- this is almost harder and should be more deserved than yeah exactly. a normal championship. I think I think I think I said that last week. Like it, if anything, it gives them more credit to how tough it was to win this year's champion. Like which like is why I don't think there should be an asterisk. I I just look at it like I mean there's no going ma- not yeah. an I mean there's going to be an asterisk. That's, but like that's what I'm saying. That's why I look not, at it. Not not like an extra asterisk if that yeah. makes sense. I'm not like saying there's an asterisk and it like lessens their title. I'm just saying there's an no. asterisk because this, this year never is so this never happened. Up. You had a pause in the season and quite you, literally never happened and may never happen again. When you reference knock on wood. Yeah, when you reference whoever wins this championship, you have to talk about that. Yeah. That that's the only reason why I say there's. An, I'm not saying there's an I mean, asterisk be, to to bring down like. Well, they won it during that you know the COVID nineteen cup and. I just thinking about how I'm going to tell my kids about this year. Yeah, exactly. This year that started with Kobe's death, oh. and within two months, our entire world shut down. Then two months after that, the world started protesting and finally starting to fight against racism. Yeah. And that we're only, I mean, we're five months in. Right. Who knows what the last seven months have for us. Man, yeah. You just kind of threw me in a loop after that. <laughs> I just, yeah, sorry. I just, for the Bucks, I think that, I mean, for every team, the time off is good. Yeah. Especially the Bucks who had some injuries for some key guys. Yeah. Giannis's knee will be healthy. George Hill's groin oh. will be healthy. Yeah, I hope that was Gordon Dragic, man. Gordon Dragic. Why you bring him up? Because he was the one who. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's the one who needed Hill. Yeah, and oh. Hill's my guy. I mm. Hill's my favorite guy in the box besides Giannis. He's a down to earth. So I felt that when I when he got hit, quite I, literally, quite literally, I felt you had that. to punch yourself in the nuts <laughs> just to make you feel it. Right, but like you were saying um, a little bit before, the asterisk puts more on the championship because everybody's coming coming in healthy. Mm-hmm. Like. AD's back. Now he's injury prone. Probably going to be fine. And we'll see what happens with John Wall and all these other teams and even guys who are somewhat banged up. I don't expect John Wall to be back. Neither do I, but I haven't heard anything <laughs> yeah, to say that. Knows. Yeah. I've well, heard- uh, that's... A th- oh, they might have gotten an injury uh, exception for him. Yeah. So he might not be able to I mean, come back. Right before the season was suspended, he was doing uh, five-on-five drills with, like, trainers in the facility. Like, there's a video of that. Okay. So... I just wonder if they wouldn't let him back because the Wizards got some money for him being injured, if that makes sense. Yeah. But, it, but I mean, it's just... Well, I mean, but who knows anymore, he, honestly? He has the biggest chance of coming back than Kyrie and Katie. Right. I would disagree. Kyrie? I think I think Kyrie, number one, probably... KD number two. But the tricky thing with Kyrie is, isn't it a shoulder injury? I, it was either his shoulder or his wrist. So you're talking say. about, or was it a meniscus? I'm not sure. I thought it was, I thought it was shoulder. But if it's if it's shoulder, you're talking about your shooting form and all that. So I don't know. But do you kind of do you kind of want to put a bow on this and we'll talk about? So 
just real quick. Yeah. Um, do you know what's going on with that plan? Because I, I read it and I no, could not understand it. That's the trickiest part, in all honesty. Like me trying to understand this whole format is the entire play-in thing because... You're right as a right shoulder for Kyrie. Okay. Way. So, yeah. we're I mean, if we're talking about a shoulder injury, that's like you're talking about your shooting form and all that. And, and the right arm, too. Like Yeah. That's not an easy one to come back from. Uh, what were we talking about? The play-in game. Yeah. That is... I hope it doesn't come to that because I just don't want to have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, the entire play-in format, we don't know what it is, but we know that it was designed to get Zion Williams exactly. into the play And I understand it, and I wanted to see it in all honesty, so I, mean, I, I can't I'm, complain. Right. I'm looking forward to Zion versus Ja. I, the, and, I, I only would have been mad if they said, like, instead of these teams playing in, we're just going to have, like, even more teams in each conference. And then we'll just have a bigger. I would have been mad if they did something like yeah, that. Yeah, because even if you throw, if they in, would have just shoehorned like Zion in there. Even if you throw in two more teams, it throws off, right. throws off the entire thing. Like you'd have to have two teams with a a, a buy round. Right, because I think you and I would agree the Pelicans are a better team than the Grizzlies, as far as the collection um, of talent that they have. Drew Holiday, Ball, Ingram, Zion. Uh, yeah, I think I think so, especially with too. the trade that the Grizzlies made at the trade right. deadline. And I'll take Alvin Gentry over the Memphis Grizzlies coach. I don't even remember his name right now. That's Exa- yeah, exactly. embarrassing. I think that, and the the Pelicans were just a different team with Zion on the court. Yeah, he obviously had some growing pains because he's 19 years old and he still is a growing boy. But that team was significantly better with him on the court. Mm-hmm. I mean, surprise, surprise, when you have a really good player come back from injury and he is the perfect match with the rest of that roster, you're going to have a good team. Yeah. I I think that for entertainment value, they'd want to have Zion in, but I also think that it's such a good story to have Ja lead that Grizzlies team from the bank of, or the brink of what? like Relevancy. Pretty much back yeah. to playoff contention without another star. I mean, say what you want about Jaron Jackson. I like Jaron Jackson, but yeah. he's still raw as hell. Yeah, exactly. Um, but them trading Jay Crowder was not that good didn't for make them. sense because I I had heard about how big of a player he was in the locker room and all that. I mean, for Ja especially. Yeah, it just and it he's didn't so good defensively sense. and all that too. I like that they got Justice Winslow. I think that he's a really good match for them. Especially if you want Ja to be an off-ball kind of guy a little bit, but I still think that they're a team for next year, mm-hmm. in a way. And the Pelicans, but do you reward the Pelicans for not being good for three months and then just kind of turning it around? Well, it's it's tough to say because those players were all, you know, getting used to playing in New Orleans for the first time. Yeah. So I, I you're right. It, well, it sort of is rewarding, and Eric. I think we had Eric name in the Wendy's Big Show a couple of days ago, and he even said he thinks it's a little ridiculous for twenty-two teams to be going down there. Yeah, I mean twenty seems pretty good. Yeah, you leave out the Wizards and the Kings, then but you I mean, bring the the Blazers were what in the not conference finals, semifinals last year against the Nuggets in the playoffs. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, if you're the, if you're looking at if you're the NBA and you're looking at it, why wouldn't you give that team another chance to make a playoff run? Right, and you really want to have a playoff without the Spurs? You think Melo wants another shot to maybe get a ring? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, I mean, even if they had done four teams, you do 
the Pelicans, the Spurs, the um, Timber or not the Timberwolves, yeah. the Trailblazers, and um, which one haven't I said? Trailblazers, Pelicans, Pelicans, Spurs, Trailblazers, and, um, Portland, Portland, <laughs> Portland, 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 New Orleans, San Antonio, and Memphis. Well, Memphis is already in. Who was the fourth? Um, hmm. Why are we blanking? Oh, well, the, the other um, two teams are the Kings and the Suns. So yeah, but they're throw not those two out. So it's yeah. just those three. Yeah, they're not. The fact that the Suns got invited <laughs> is hilarious. It really is. As much as I love the Kings, the fact that they got invited is hilarious. Those two teams, man, they are... They're fun to watch. So much fun to watch. <sighs> they are... Like a foam pit, you know what I mean? They're just... What do you mean? I don't know, but I'm just basically saying they're cupcakes. Yeah. Like, they, mean, they have no business of being there. I agree. They're they're <laughs> so far, like, even talent-wise compared to the other bubble teams, like... See, the the Suns have this uncanny ability to play up the competition, though. Do they? At least to the Bucks. Right. I mean, uh, besides the last time they played them at home and Chris Middleton just put Devin Booker on the ground. So let's finally we'll kind of touch on the last topic that we talked about a little bit earlier, which is how this all impacts next year. And because right what's, off, what's the um, target date for? It was like December. Oct- oct- yeah, December first for the first game. Everyone was like, "Oh, that's BS. Man, that's not happening." Think about it. If you're so that would have been less than a month turnaround. Think about it, man. If you're in the finals, those two teams are being kind of impacted the most if they have oh, an immediate absolutely. start and i don't know how you'd feel about that as a league is your your two teams that made it to the championship game are all of a sudden probably gonna have like name like eric name said you're probably gonna see players next year the first month or two sit out because of rest and all that because they have to sort of give their bodies a break so yeah. let's say it's bucks and lakers all of a sudden, next year, you're going to start a month with maybe Giannis taking a couple games off or the Lakers, you know, Le- definitely the Lakers and LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Well, more so the Clippers than anything. Yeah, oh, God. Kawhi, man. I can't even imagine he how many. play lo- 22 games next season. Yeah, man, with all those load management games. I and- swear to God, if we see stars load managing in these final eight games, right. I'm going to be pissed off. Because, I mean, that was my biggest concern through all this is how it impacts next. Like you like you said before, I, my if if this all went my way, I would like you said before. I would have just started the season next year when next year's season is supposed to start, and then you just resume from where you left off, finish that season. You think so? That way, I mean, you'd have a combined draft class and free agency would be messy, but that way you wouldn't be losing, you wouldn't be messing up your your season schedule really for well, the I'm next not, couple of years. I'm not mad at their plan right now. I think it. I mean, listen, the start date is getting pushed back. Like yeah, the fact that the players association right. today said like, yeah, that's getting negotiated. It's it's a target date. Christmas yeah. Christmas is probably the earliest that it'll be. So the the dates right now I'm looking at it. October twelfth is supposed to be the game seven of the NBA finals, which is a Monday. Um pretty sure. Free agency starts October eighteenth. Yeah. I want to say the draft is the fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So that week could legitimately be the biggest week in Bucks history because on the 18th is when we find out is Giannis signing the Supermax. Right. 
But well, I, in theory. I, I keep thinking about it, too. And if they do start, say, a little bit later past that date, are you going to next season also have a shortened regular season? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My guess is, I mean, next season will probably be 66 games. Right. Because remember... Because you want to you want to start, not next season, but the season after. You want that to kind that, of be like a, your reset. Right. Right. I It's going to be like the lockout shortened season where it was 66 games. Mm-hmm. I, I've not heard that anywhere, and that's based off of nothing but, but just my thinking. But it just makes thinking. logical sense. It makes logical sense. Yeah. Because that's right around... I'm pretty sure that's right around when the NBA season started during the lockout year. Like right around New Year's Day, somewhere um, around there? Yeah, I can't remember. I could go and check, but I'm too lazy to do that right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it just it makes too much sense. Next year's season is already impacted by mm-hmm. the fact that the NBA Finals aren't happening right now and that in three weeks, the or two weeks, the draft isn't happening. Right. And in three weeks, NBA free agency isn't happening. Yeah. That's already been impacted, so... Everyone needs to move past the we need to get back to normal right now because that's just going to screw yourself up for the future. You think, okay, the next two years, they're not a wash, but they're going to be different. We've yeah. al- This is already going to be completely different in the, the, the history books. Mm-hmm. Why not add a little bit more history to it? Want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Let's get nuts. So now we just talked about how the NBA will be impacted if they play this bubble season and all that now another league that's going to be really affected if they don't get it figured out they're going to have no money for free agency and stuff like that in the next season is baseball and we're going to talk about rob manfred and stuff like that where the players can figure it out and what we think and all that coming up next The Packers, what, 250000 for the Packers and 250000 from the Murphys? Yeah, it's which that makes $500,000 paid by Mark Murphy and his uh, <clears throat> girl this year. Really? Because they did two hundred fifty to COVID research. Oh, wow. Good for Mark Murphy. Which that's still like... I was really starting to hate Mark Murphy after this week. <laughs> but good for him. I, he's still... No comment. Every time I see him, I want to punch him in the face. I don't know why. He does have a punchable face. A very punchable face. He he looks like a long lost relative of the Al Davis family. Oh yes, yes. I've I've like thought that exact thought, but I'm like, who does he remind me of? It's Alan Mark Davis. Yeah, this fucking haircut, man. <laughs> yep. The bubble. Mark has those kind of buck teeth too. Yeah. 
God, that fucking haircut, dude. Oh, man. I bet if you put Mark Murphy's face and then you give him uh, Al Davis's haircut, you probably couldn't see much of a difference between the two. Same with Gruden. Low key. Yeah, but Gruden's got the blonde hair. Murphy and Davis kind of have like that reddish brown I'd hair. I'd tell you what, man. Tell you what, man. Shout out Deuce Gruden. Yeah. <laughs> that face is perfect, too. Spider through eyed banana. Uh, in my uh, college dorm room, we had a uh, underneath our light switch, we had a uh, sheet of paper, and it was just like a cross and four pictures. There's a spider, person going like this, banana, two wide banana. Yep. <laughs> everybody, everybody who always walked in is like, "What the fuck does that mean?" Listen, hey man, that's, that's what I do. I'd be like, "It's the greatest play ever, man." <laughs> so what? Because I've looked it up before, and I keep forgetting what play is spider two wide banana. Um, it's a, it's, I think it's like, no, I I think it's like, you remember in Madden, the play action boot, and then you got kind of like your crossers. I think it's like that, that sort of play. I'm going to have to look this up now. (laughs) God. Spider two. That's probably my favorite Caliendo impersonation though. Banana. That and Caliendo's, um. Caliendo's uh, Jerry Jones is pretty good too. I don't know if I've heard that. And also his belt. Oh yeah, I know this play. That's Spider Two Wild Banana. Oh yeah, kind of. That's like PA rollout on. Yeah. Guy, oh, it's perfect too because he loves his tight end sets. Mm-hmm. Like three tight ends in there, you don't even have two wide receivers split out. Well, I also like uh, Frank Caliendo. This is a fullback. Yeah, that's, uh, well, you know. Is uh, Belichick? Yeah, yeah. Know, fullback in Dublin, you know. Well, you know, we're, we're, all, we're on the Cleveland. Yeah, we're on the Cincinnati. <laughs> See, you get the gravelly in that, too. Yeah. That's well, hard to do. Uh, you know, um, you know, Randy Moss is a great receiver, but uh, Josh Gordon was all, you know, he had the same talent and all that. So, yeah, we're, we're on the Cincinnati. When I watch the football and I see Brett Favre We're out of play out there, I We're think, out man. We're out of Cincinnati. We're out of Cincinnati. <laughs> when I say Brett Favre, he's my best no. friend. I'm making a turducken. Boom. <laughs> what is uh, uh, Brett Favre. I told you about Brett Favre. Brett Favre's my favorite player. I can't do a John Madden really that good. I, when you play the football and you see the ball on <laughs> you, the field and the ball goes in the air for the touchdown, like the cookie that's a touchdown. And you know who threw the touchdowns? My best friend, Brett Favre. Boom. Boom. <laughs> he, what is he? Like, Kevin <laughs> does that thing where he's like, <laughs> he's kind of, he's kind of like goes off on his own tangent. <laughs> I have I have a, uh, a what's-his-face. Um, fuck, what's-his-face? The dude who has the show about sports show about fire. Hmm? That doesn't make sense at all. It makes sense in my head. What? It's a Caliendo impression. He has a goatee. Oh, Jim Rome. Jim Rome. Yeah. Jim Rome is burning. See, well, I told you it was a show well, about fire. He's, he's really easy because you just got to break up everything into two syllables. My friend, that is excellent. Yeah. Amazing. Phenomenal. My favorite player. Did we just do Jim Rome? My favorite player. Rome on Rome is Rome violence. Hey, Ben. You know who my favorite baseball player was? Who? Man Ram. 
Jim Rome. That was a great story, Fun. Jim Rome. Phenomenal. That was a phenomenal story, Jim Rome. <laughs> and welcome back. Woo! It's Half Sam and Dan on demand. My bad impression is in there. Let's go. Episode 21. Oh, man. We just love doing impressions. You know, you know Phil Rome. Woodman from uh, the Woodman's commercials? Oh, yeah. I used to do a really good Phil Woodman. <sighs> I, turn, I, I mute the TV every time that comes on. So this is episode 21. Shout out to Tony Snell again. Shout My out boy. To, shout, shout out to Snell S- season I was literally just going to say that. If you're listening, shout out, man. Shout out to one of my favorite brewers of all time, the mayor of Ding Dong City, Travis Shaw. Akeem Warwick. Yep, that's a good one. Samuel D'Alembert. Yep. Um, Alan Robertson. Who? Alvin Robertson. Oh, I thought you said Alan Robinson. No. Like, excuse me? Uh, who is the best number 21 in sports history? Hmm. Dion. Prime time. That's a good one. Yeah. Which, speaking of Deion Sanders, it'd be a shame if he was playing today because he probably couldn't play in both sports. Oh, that's a segue and a half. Because the worst commissioner in the history, I don't know about the history of no, baseball, not, but not definitely the, the worst commissioner of our time right now, Rob oh, Manfred. Right. Get your, hand, your head out of the sand and figure it out. And out of your ass, if you were so inclined. I, I wanted to say that, but I wanted to kind of keep it like somewhat decent. I don't care. I'll go off the yeah. wagon. So I'm, I'm glad you said it, and I didn't. I'm too Diet Coke, Steve. But, man, I don't care. So we're going we're, to we're, okay, talk about baseball here and why the players, not necessarily why the players in the association can't figure it out, but just how frustrating it is. Because like we said in that last segment, the fact that the NBA and the players were able to figure out this so... You know, streamlined, easy, and when we all thought that they were the furthest away from coming yeah, back, because they had the most issues and all that, they're in the middle of the season. Now, baseball, they're just finishing up spring training. But man, dude, like this, the NBA is making you look like idiots. Not Le- the players necessarily. Not not the players, but mostly you know MLB itself and Manfred, because I said this before in previous podcasts. I want baseball to be back, obviously. But I don't trust that guy to get a deal done, and I don't. I can't even imagine how frustrating it must be for Tony Clark to try to negotiate with him on a deal and all that. I mean, for real, I he's probably we, he probably just doesn't even have like any awareness about like how much. I mean, he called the he called the commission. He called his own trophy a piece of metal, <laughs> right? God. We, I mean, we've we've talked about him what probably three, four weeks in a row now, or three episodes in a row, sort of. But now we actually it's, get I mean, to rip him because this is just <laughs> ridiculous at this point. We've said it multiple times. Does Rob Manfred even like baseball? Because we really, we I don't really think, don't know. Before before he became commissioner, I guarantee he didn't know anything about it. Because he, uh, his background, he was an attorney, right? All I knew was him being associated with like what Time Warner or something. He was associated with something. I thought he had something to do with like the NHL's yeah. lockout or something. Like, All I know is he was just know. a big business guy, and I had no idea what he knew about baseball. But it doesn't seem like then, it doesn't seem like now that he even knows much about the history of the game. Which is why when Bud Selig was named commissioner, I mean, he was a baseball owner. Yeah, like he he brought baseball back to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. He had plans, and to think. Bud Selig, he bought the Brewers with his earnings from being a used car salesman in Milwaukee. And I still still see some of his shops around, like uh, that one on Highway 100. Yeah. 
right by the uh, Dunham Sports. He makes his appearances in Wisconsin still, man. Like because he like, he still has an office in Miller Park. Yeah, and, or was it downtown? Um, maybe sure. both. But you know the Lakeshore Chinooks. Yeah, my uh, I used to intern for them and all that, and he was like throwing out first pitches and all that, saying hi with Robin Yount and all that. Say what you want, Bud Selig's a a man of the people in Wisconsin. I mean, we we have to thank him for keeping baseball in Milwaukee or bringing baseball back to Milwaukee. Who's not a man of the people? Rob Manfred. That stooge Rob Manfred. Well, I mean, name one positive thing he has done since he became commissioner. He made me laugh when he was during in that interview in Cincinnati when it sounded like he was was drunk. When it sounded like he was drunk, but listen, it wasn't. He sounded. He was drunk. Well, he blamed it on a delay in his headset. Oh yeah, the while sitting right next to them in the booth. Right. So I have my headphones on right now. You don't have headphones on. I can hear you. Right. And even if you had a delay, you've done this enough. You can do it. And, no, but you look at the dazed look on his face and the yeah. stuttering and everything. My man was drunk. And all honestly, now that you mention it, I can't think of one positive thing that Manfred's made me like react now, to, other than just making fun of him because he wants to implement all these certain things like. You know, expanded postseason, right? And stuff like that. It's just like it makes Trevor Bauer mad, and it makes me even more furious. The thing about commissioner is, it's a thankless job. Oh uh, yeah, and I, I, I look. Like, I, like, I totally it, understand. It's, that. it's almost like refereeing, where the good ones you're not going to hear much from them, right? And I, I mean, it's 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 a not a, a black or white kind of thing. But I don't like Goodell, but. Hey, I give him props for all the stuff that he's got to deal with. Yeah, Goodell has done some good things. I mean, look at him he's today. He's done some incredibly stupid things. Right. Like turning down $250,000 <laughs> for charity. Yeah. Just because for he doesn't want to. Presidente Dave Portnoy. And say what you want about Prez. I think Prez is a, a douchebag. He's a lot of different adjectives. Right. But he's entertainment. But he's entertainment. I like watching some of the things he does. Oh my god. I like watching his day trading oh, is fantastic. I, it's most irrelevant things, but like pizza reviews. I watch his pizza reviews You're every goddamn day. Goddamn right. I'll watch every those. day. Every day. So But it's just I mean, he's but, I mean, look it's at, because he's not thinking. So going back he's to helping Goodell. Barstool's brand. Yeah. Because the the smart thing to do is not necessarily like turn him down, but like work on a deal. Like, right. hey, we'll still take the money. Like, we'll work something out. Yeah, or it's like just, we'll do a live stream. Just word. like be but, a man and be like, hey, you and I obviously have our differences. Right. We know why you did this. Mm-hmm. You know why you did this. Yeah, let's work something out. Set you're not going into my basement, but the money is still going to a good place. But no, he was just like, no, nah, he failed the background check. Uh, the NFL will pay the money, but like, no. Just like the, the the most cowardly thing. But even keeping it on the track of Goodell, just look what he did today. He took a lot a of guts for him to actually release it. He didn't have to. Now I, I mean, he had to, I, but I, he didn't have to. I personally don't know if he wrote it, but the fact that no. he recorded it and decided to right. put it out a day it's, after it's, the players made that video, it's it's a good look for him. Yeah. Now and, he didn't mention Colin Kaepernick, which is still a big bubble yeah, issue. Yeah, he him. hasn't handled that well. But what I'm trying to say is just. You know, he's, he's he's been hit or miss, but he does have some hits. You can tell he wants to make things right. I, Unlike Rob hmm. Manfred. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, man. I just I hate this guy so much. I mean, how? What's redeemable about him? You see his face, and he looks like those old people that Honestly, you don't like. The only the only way he could redeem himself to me is if he gets a season figured out, and he just shuts the hell up. 
if he and gets, he just goes away, and I don't hear about him until baseball's over. If he gets Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, oh no, you don't think Barry should be in the Hall of Fame? Well, I do think he should be in the Hall of Fame, but that wouldn't make me like love yeah, Manfred all of a that, sudden. That wouldn't no. Because I, I say this, you can say what you want about Barry Bonds, but you still have to be an athletic. I mean, not an athletic freak, but it takes so much skill to put bat on ball. Listen, people forget. Hashtag people forget. Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he started taking roids. Yeah. And his time in Miami, he helped Christian Yelich turn into the slugger that he is. Mm-hmm. Barry Bonds, I mean, the ba- baseball, so I did, I don't know if you had to take a seminar, because we both went to UWM. Mm-hmm. Did you have to take a mm-hmm. seminar class? About what? Just like any seminar. I don't really know. I had to take remember. one, and I, I lucked out, found one on like sports media or something like that. Oh. I did, I did my paper- on why Barry Bonds and Roger Clement should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It was like 20 pages long. I did a bunch of stuff on that. Just in my whole college days, it's only been... It's a blur. It, yeah, it's only been a couple but years, but... I looked on baseball, the Hall of Fame website itself, and it said that it is a museum. And mm-hmm. what do they feature in museum? History. Right. Who is part of history? Barry Bonds. I think you put him in the Hall of Fame, but you don't give him a plaque. I think you could even do like... Do a hall of like a hall of shame, essentially. Yeah. Like you have the Black Sox scandal. That's where Pete Rose can finally stop his complaining and right. get a spot in. Right. That's the way to do it. Like Pete, that whole Balco I think should be thing. In. I think Pete should be too. Especially if we're gonna let the Astros slide. Okay. I just I I was Listen, even we're plan- off topic, but we're going. I wasn't even it. planning. Well, now we're coming back because that just <laughs> made me realize that how much I even hate this dude even more. Oh my God! I'm I'm really honest. I'm honestly getting a headache, and I never get those <laughs> because I never get a headache because of this guy, man. So the Astros yeah. really got the biggest break of all time. The penalties were weak sauce. Their penalties were weak sauce, and now because of this, the all the hate towards them kind of came to a halt. And I think people will somewhat forget about it, but man, I will never hashtag forget. Well, you won't, but you know, we were talking about going down to Chicago. To see a White Sox game right. against the Astros, just so we could boo them, right? Like there was a there's the Astros hate account. I forgot what the official name uh, of it the, is. The shame, shame tour. Yeah, I mean people were just ripping on them in spring training, and then all of a sudden the Red Sox they get they they just fire their video guy, and they're okay. You're good. Are you kidding me? Well, we're no, they, about, they got a well. Cora got a year. Well, Cora Cora got the well. Cora was going to get something no matter what, right? But you're telling me all they have to do is fire their video guy too. It's weak. What are we doing? We're talking about cheating in baseball, man. Oh my god, it's weak. Like, and honestly, like this bothers me more than the steroid thing. Yeah, I mean, well, that's not, the thing. It's not so much the cheating, but just the penalties that, like, we're not. Oh my god, dude! Like Manfred, what are you? <sighs> <laughs> there could have been way. We all, the public, could have given better penalties to the Astros than and what he did. There were some good ones that were out there on Twitter during the time. Right. So, man, you pile all of that, and then kind of getting back to right now. Now, as of right now, we're recording this on Friday. The players yeah. and MLB are just at a stalemate now. And the players want more games. MLB wants less games. We both, everyone and their mother knows that they're going to, they should at least meet in the middle on 82 games. Because yeah. it's almost directly in the middle of what they wanted. The the owners were like, okay, we'll do 50. Right. The players are like, well, t- let's do 114. Mm-hmm. The compromise is 82, which makes sense, especially with 
where the timing would be in the season when it starts. 82 games. Uh, where do you, I mean, the, the players Something's had a great, give. the players had a great proposal. They said, yeah. Hey, I mean, the one thing that was bad of theirs, they were like, if we choose not to play, we're still going to get paid. That was bad. Right. But they still said like, Hey, we'll do deferred payments. We'll right. do all of these things. They we're finally willing were going to work fi- with it, you guys. It felt like they were finally going to budge. Yeah. Or at least like give a little like bit. Like we are willing to work with you guys. This is our olive branch. Like quite literally, the experts were saying this is their olive branch. Yeah. Saying let's work on a deal. And rather than compose a a counteroffer, the owners oh. were like, nope. Yeah, that's the weird thing too. Nope. Is they, didn't, they didn't even, I mean like I get you got to like figure it, you got to take like a week or so to figure out what you want to do and then propose it again. But, but just to say that, that yeah, we don't thing, have a counteroffer. You say no but. Yeah. Or no however mm-hmm. not no and, and, and that's I, it and i agree all of this this all shouldn't be aired out to the public i yes but with nothing going on it was going to no matter what no matter what you, if passing didn't break it somebody was going to now would you consider yourself on the side of the owners or the players <sighs> okay this is this is where it gets tough for me because it's a loaded question because i totally understand the owners like right and they like you guys want to play like we want to pay you but like we can't like, like and, and we're, take, what, we're what taking Bart's, a, well, what, what Bart said is look owners are billionaires and they right. can realistically afford to lose a little bit of money for one year it's not it's not like Bart said it's not a given that your your business is going to make money right and i get that but and i get that <laughs> right and but if you're thinking about free agency next year you need that revenue if yeah. there's no revenue, then what what's going to happen? But like what Blake Snell said, and what Jack Flaherty's been saying, and Bauer, and all these guys, and Scherzer, and the Boris thing kind of ticks me off a little bit. If, uh, if yeah. Boris is piping Screw in information into Scherzer's ear and all that, what a douche! But I, I'm more so on the player side because at the end of the day, their careers are so short. Not everyone's making Mike yeah. Trout money. Realistically, most players only make like what a couple million dollars in their whole career. So you got to you got to get your money now when you can, and it's not their fault that they don't that the owners in MLB don't have the money. So I, if I had to choose, I'm on the players. My view on it is slightly offensive, hmm. which it'll make sense in a second. I think I'm I'm on the player side. I, I like you said. I see both sides of the argument. I see why the owners are mad and don't want to give in because they're losing money. Yeah, but in all reality, those guys are billionaires. It's millionaires fighting with billionaires, and it's not a good look for anybody. It's the worst thing to probably happen right now during all this. Right. But the billionaires, if anybody, can afford to lose the money. Exactly. And the, the people forget owners own teams not to make a profit, but for a hobby. Mm-hmm. It's not their main source of income. For some of them, it's not even a source of income. Yeah. A lot of teams break even. Mm-hmm. That's just how owning a sport goes. It's... It's 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 a hobby. Yeah. So for them to be crying poor is ridiculous. And the owner or the the players they're still well the the high profile ones are still making a lot of money in this proposal. Yeah. So for them to turn down 20 million or like they they're losing 20 million but for them to turn down 8 million dollars like for any of us that's legitimately generation changing money. Right. It's a bad look, but the players are the reason that people go 
to the games, that they're going to watch the games on TV, that they're buying the merchandise. Right. Adonazio is a cool guy, but I, I don't, I don't care. Like, right? What are you going to buy of, of Mark Adonazio gear? Yeah, like a, a T-shirt with him, a, like a silhouette of him with his glasses on. Exactly. The players, like you're going to buy a Christian Yelich jersey, a Keston Hira T-shirt. Yeah, that kind of thing. So the players realize, listen, we are the business. Mm-hmm. It's not you. No one's going out to see, like you said, no one's going out to see Mark Adonacio. Right. They're not going out to see Tom Ricketts. Mm-hmm. They're going out to see Christian Yelich, Ryan Braun, Chris Bryant. Ronald Acuna. Right. That's yeah. who they're going to see. And the I had an argument with my family last week where, the, I mean, they were older. Go, mm-hmm. go figure. They were like, well, here's the thing. I took a pay cut from my job and I you know what could I do like I could have said like screw you I'm done but no I decided to stick with it and I got like I got my money back now like I'm back to full salary and I said that's awesome like that's a great idea and I understand what you're saying but this is a different scenario right like you're a salesman and the people are saying the doctors and teachers should be paid more. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be. The thing is, there's oversaturation. Right. There's hundreds of thousands of doctors. There's millions of teachers in this country. There's only 1,000 baseball players. There's only one Mike Trout. Right. There's only one. You're not getting paid, or people aren't paying to watch you. Right. There's no way for your business to make revenue like i mean tuition whatever and like medical bills and stuff but it's not in the millions and billions of dollars that Mm -hmm. these sports are sports are an anomaly right you cannot compare them to anything else i mean it's it's a billion dollar thing the baseball players i mean you might be a top 15 doctor like percent doctor in the world yeah which is uh, an incredible feat because there are hundreds of thousands of them that's an incredible feat but the baseball players are in the point one percent of the one percent yeah they we, we had a chart in my high school one of our, our teachers <laughs> oh is this, it's like, this is your odds of like making it to this, and, this, and this, yeah because uh, they were like all like oh less than one percent oh yeah the baseball players i mean you want to talk about mike trout the best player in the world millions of people play baseball only i think with minor leagues included maybe like 5000 of them play professional baseball at a given time that's another thing we got out say. of out of 7 billion people yeah. your odds are ridiculous and people think like well i could go in and go play minor leagues no you can't <laughs> no you can't you couldn't play th- division 3 college baseball most like, people have never even seen an off speed pitch so don't i mean i understand that the teachers and the doctors, like my dad was a teacher for 15 years, Yeah, and I know how little money he made, mm-hmm. and it sucked to watch, because I right. saw how much work he was putting in. I mean, hey, we're producers, but we don't make that we much. We don't make a ton of money. Yeah. I would think that both of us are in the top 20% of producers worldwide. Probably. But that doesn't mean that people are coming in to, or they're paying money to see us, or listen right. to us, necessarily. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, sports are an anomaly. It's like... A movie star. Movie stars and cinema, that's an anomaly, too. Yeah. It's entertainment. It's a, a luxury, mm-hmm. in essence, where if you're paying money on it, it's a luxury. Going to school isn't a luxury. Being or, you know, getting medical attention, it's kind of a luxury, but it's also a necessity. Yeah. It's two completely different worlds. It's your real life, your everyday, and your... 
hobby, your fun time, that kind of thing. In essence, they're not even, I mean, they're Americans, but it's like it's a whole different right. thing. You cannot compare it. No. And, and that's where my issue comes in. Well, think in. about the um, overseas, like overseas players and international players, too. Like, they got to make this money now for their families. They can't right. take a pay cut. I mean, look at a guy like... Um, Freddie P. Freddie Peralta, where he takes that team-friendly deal. I, You think even of a guy like Brent Suter. Right. Who, he's never going to make big money. No. Well, big in quotes, money. Right. So why should he take a pay cut now? Because the thing that everyone forgets, and it's the first mistake out of a million mistakes in this, is that the players and the owners agreed to a deal at the end of spring training for a prorated salary. Right. If that had never happened, this is a completely different story. Yeah. And I think that the players would be in the wrong right. in that situation. Because your starting, your starting points in negotiations would have been completely different. Right. And if everything worked out the way that it has worked to this point, the players would absolutely be in the wrong. Yeah. But the fact that the players and the owners agreed to this prorated deal in spring training, it hits the owners so hard or it knocks them down so much because they're essentially breaking their contract. It's like, hey, I know that we already agreed for you to take a 50% pay cut. <laughs> can you take another 25% pay cut and you just so that I can break even? And you just expect them to roll over? Like, like, come on. Yeah, that's the thing where, like, when I was talking to my family where he said, like, I took a 50% pay cut and I said, like, that sucks, but good for you for sticking with it. But if you did that, and then they came to you and said, all right, we need to knock that in half again, mm-hmm. I don't think you would do it. No. Like, say you're making $30,000 a year. They tell you to take 15, or they cut you in half to 15, whatever. It would kind of suck, but you're like, I understand what the times we're in right now. I don't have any other better options. I'm going to stick through you with this because I think we have a future, that kind of thing. Then they come to you and say, hey... Uh, I know you're making 15 now, half of what you normally do. Can we cut that in half again? And then you're stuck making $7,500 a year. That's, you wouldn't say yes. Right. At that point, you could like you could be like me and work at Home Depot and make double that money. Mm-hmm. Not double exactly, but you I know, know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So it's where, it's, it's not necessarily, I mean, it's also, it's a breach of contract in theory. Yeah. Because... You now the contracts are so fickle and they have so many clauses. I'm sure they have a natural disaster clause, that kind of thing. And this, like, I'm sure there are clauses in these contracts where it's like, if something, God forbid, like a pandemic happens or war happens or something, we have something in place in the contract. Right, like the NBA does. And I think part of that was agreed to when they agreed to the prorated salary. Yeah. So then breaching that contract just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I'm sorry for like talking a lot right there. I just no, that's I, been on my head for months. Well, while you were talking about that, it just made me think like how kind of ridiculous the whole payroll situation in baseball is and the fact that they have no salary cap cuz now you have stuff like this where you can't figure out how to split up the revenue. And the problem is the owners want a salary cap and as a small market team fan, I want a salary cap, right? But going back to the players, if it's been like this all, all you know, you got the fully guaranteed contracts and stuff like that. Like, why would you want it to change? Right. And how do you grandfather in these massive contracts? Right. Like, um, who's the highest average paid player? Probably Trout. Well, yeah, because he just got the extension at like what, like thirty six, thirty eight million a year. I think it's like thirty five. 
figure. I mean, it's so hard. What's the NFL salary cap? If you know off the top of your I head, I don't. Probably like two hundred something million. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about players. Well, yeah, the salary cap for like the yeah, Packers. Yeah, it's, it's it's around two hundred. Yeah. So figure maybe a hundred fifty million uh, salary cap for baseball, mm-hmm. roughly. How do you factor in? Because a max contract is usually what thirty percent, and the NBA it's like thirty percent of your team's salary. Yeah. So how do you factor in someone who's taking up more than thirty percent of the thing? And the hardest thing for all of it is going to be arbitration. Yeah. Like how do you factor that in? How do you factor in a guy who's making a little bit above league minimum, as like a like a guy like Kesson Hira, who's making. Not, I mean, he's still on that like renew contract stage where he's making less than he should be, right? With all the service time and stuff, but like he's that. making more than league minimum. Mm-hmm. How do you factor that in? It's, it's just, way too hard for baseball. To this do it. this is just really exposing the economics of baseball. That's and, oh, I'm glad you said economics because that's another thing that's pissing me off about the owners. Yeah, where the players are saying, "Let's see your books." Then, yeah. if you're claiming that you are well, so poor, no business would ever do that, though. No business would, but. If they're claiming that they're as poor as they say they are, and right. they want the players to take this much, I agree with the players saying, hey, let me see your books. Let me right. see why you think that we have to take this much of a pay cut. And then I think that would speed up the players' decision, They would, you know, if they, if they did. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If they saw the books, they would be like, okay. right. it would either be, okay, we see that you are struggling, we want to come back to play, let's do this. Right. Or if they see that they're not struggling... You say, and you have to make sure that they're not doctored. Like, if they were to see the book from this year, obviously they're losing money. Yeah. But, like, a book from last year where they see exactly what they made and what they lost, that kind of thing. If they see that the owners are raking in money, they're going to say, all right, you and I both know now. Yeah. But that's the thing is that the owners would never do it because that gives up all leverage. No. And so going back to Manfred, because... We've been, this is like, what, the third round of negotiations at this point? Roughly? We It's been so many weeks and nobody's budged. We've basically, all we've figured out is roughly how many games they want to play, but they can't even figure that out. And this whole thing, if Manfred does implement a 50-game season, it's just, it's like, don't even play, waste. don't even play baseball at that point. What, like, what are we going to learn from a 50-game season? It would be awesome. It, it, because, would, it would just be because it would having be, baseball to have baseball. Right. Every single game, though, would be almost like a playoff game. Oh, don't get me wrong. I it want would a, be awesome. I want a shortened season like just in general. Yeah. like I want it to cut down from 162. I think 120 but, to 144 <sighs> is the range. Man. Okay. And so... I do you do you think that we're that the players and them they're ever gonna either reach an agreement or that we're even gonna have baseball? Well, here's the thing, John Heyman, who we had the sh- on the show right. Monday, Tuesday, yeah, and he was on the big show a couple weeks ago before too. He he told said on the show that they need. I mean, this week was the soft deadline yeah. for having a deal done. Obviously, nothing is done. He said it's a hard deadline of probably two weeks. Before it's going to drop dead because they realistically cannot start the season any later. No. Because where are you going to play your postseason games? I want to dive into that later on. I He also, but on I think it was either, it was Thursday because Tim Allen was hosting Bill's show. Yeah. He said, I keep hearing optimism from my sources that a deal is going to get done. <laughs> Don't know what it's going to look like, but it looks like the owners have two or three different options. Right. For bringing the league back, 
and it had to do with a prorated salary on a 50-game season was the main option. And then there was another one I can't remember off the top of my head. But Heyman, who's in there with these people, is optimistic. But at this point, at this time, at what time is it? 8.20 on June 5th of 2020, I am saying right here, Evan Heffelfinger, that's my name, <laughs> that we will not have an MLB season this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, you and I love baseball, but I, I just don't see it. And it's getting so late where even if we do have it, it's like, what's the point? The problem, or I mean, not the problem, but the, the thing to watch is, will either side crack? Will the okay, players... Well, Either both of them have to give or someone's got to give. That's the thing that's annoying me the most, and I've said it, is no one's compromising. Yeah. That, it, it's, They're acting like we have the same MLB season like we always have. Not to get political, but it's almost like politics, where it's both yeah. sides of the aisle. The, the the thing that they should be doing is working together, right? but instead they're turning every issue against each other. And the commissioner is not giving any slight or any indication that he's going to do anything to try to make it both sides either budge or give and i mean you would think in theory that he would be with the owners because the owners pay his salary but right. the so, players also are the reason that the owners can pay the salary mm-hmm. and at this point i don't know i mean i mean i think we all think that uh he should resign oh absolutely yeah the problem is he won't <laughs> yeah. well if we don't have a oh, season then what I'll- if we do that what if we like go to ml or uh, like mlb headquarters in new york and if we see Manfred walk by, just be like, well, resign, you won't you won't do it. We, well, Coward, you won't do it. We won't get him to resign. And then he'd be like, all right, bet, I- I'm done. But in all seriousness, if there's no season, would the owners want him to resign? No, because I think, honestly, I think the owners at this point, if their me- ideals aren't met, they're like, okay, we won't have a season. Because right. I think that they would lose less money without a season mm-hmm. than if they came back and played a season. That's right. I mean that's the report that's been coming out and it kind of makes sense that like they don't have to pay the player's salary at that point because the players didn't agree to come back. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to pay for that so they don't lose that money. If they come back for a 50 game season or whatever, they have to pay those players, they're probably going to lose money. Okay, yeah. I, I that makes sense. And this is the whole reason why I wanted to do this topic just so I can hammer this point. And this is like really the saddest thing about baseball when you think about it. We talked about it on one of our first um, podcasts, how baseball can do a better job of marketing itself and how it can make itself more appealable to younger people and even just people who don't love baseball, how they can make baseball more enjoyable. Because it's no surprise that baseball is not very popular in in Milwaukee. It's popular, but across America, it's not. Right, but the best things from what I can remember that we could come up with was just marketing players better, Mm -hmm. social media, and just more accessible and stuff like that. The saddest thing about all of this is that this was MLB's golden opportunity. And I think we said it a couple weeks ago. It, like you said, it's literally right. their golden opportunity where it's they could have been the first of the major four sports to come back. They could have been the only sport going the, on right the now. The only show in town. Yeah. Literally we're watching, the only thing on the air. We're watching Korean baseball. We're we're desperate. We're watching NASCAR. We're desperate for sports. And the one sport that could have used this platform the most is baseball. Can't figure out how to split up the money. Because think about it. You would bring in casual fans. Casual fans watch the postseason. Right. So if they if they see a shortened season, and it's a sport, but if they see a shortened season, they right. think, oh, this game means something. I will watch it. 
That's what you want. Instead, they blew the perfect opportunity because right. it's millionaires fighting with billionaires. This is why I'm and so, it's despicable. This is why I'm so frustrated with Manfred in baseball. Because if there's no sports, if well, let's say the NBA starts a little bit later, but MLB for a couple months has the platform all to itself. You finally get people to watch the small market teams. You finally get people to realize who the hell Ronald Acuna is and why he's so special. You finally right. you finally get people to maybe buy more jerseys and stuff like that. You, you get to watch people watching Astros games right. because they want to see what happens. All of a sudden, you're the talk of every sports radio show every day because you're the only thing going on or you're like one of the only things going on. But no, like we we know because we've had to plan shows. Yeah, if I mean if we only had one sport right now, think about it. Every show we'd be doing an hour on the last night's Brewers right. game. Right, and in all honesty, it's 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 sad and it's ignorant that neither the players or Manfred are bringing this point up because they they all know it. Like baseball's boring. It's for us who love baseball we're, we're fanatics right but even me when i watch a game or i go to a game by the seventh inning i'm bored it's getting so frustrating for me to defend baseball mm-hmm. and this just makes it even more frustrating i mean my grandpa is the biggest baseball fan that i know yeah and he's very progressive and he'll listen to all these ideas like he's not one of those older people that's set in their ways right he he's open to everything and when i was talking to him about this is uh, a couple weekends ago, he was like, so, like, what if they, the players just don't agree to it? And I said, like, well, we won't have a season. Yeah. And I said, and it's something that I want to talk about to wrap this up, we might not have a season next year. Right. And now I was, yeah. And I was he gonna... said, he said, all right, then I'm done. He's been a Brewer season ticket exactly. holder since before I was born. Yeah. It's in, in, like the early 90s. I'm a season ticket holder. Yeah. And it'd be, he'd be like, all right, I'm done. Right. I, I've loved baseball my entire life. I played baseball in college. Well, he played baseball in college, and he he grew up with the sport. It's his w- first true love, and he'd give it up because this is just—it's ridiculous at this point. That's and crazy. I feel like a lot of people were saying that in 1994 during the strike, right? And it makes sense because the future of baseball did not look good. No, but in '94, but. You didn't have to deal with as much. You didn't have to deal with social media, and you didn't have to deal with, you know... The, the fact that you're alienating even your diehards. Like... If you don't... Like Jeff Passon said on McAfee's show, if you don't have your diehards, who do you have? Right. Nobody. Who are you left with? Like, the players are going to have to defend why baseball is so cool. And I can never forgive... I can never... Like, what happens if they get rele- relegated below the MLS? Yeah. Or b- below hockey. I can never. What if for- hockey becomes the third most popular sport in the country? It's, it's slowly doing that. I can never forgive baseball for this, and I can never forgive Manfred for this, and I can not because, like you said, if even if there's baseball this year, it's just such a salty taste in my mouth that there's no way they're going to increase the popularity of their sport after this. The- Everyone's making fun of them. Yeah, it's it's honestly just sitting here talking all this out. It's making me sad and. Like you said, if there's no baseball this season, it's going to leave such a bitter taste in everybody's mouth. But then all of a sudden, you got to deal with the CBA after next Which season. Which I started saying three years ago yeah. that this CBA was going to be nasty. If there's no baseball this season, I'm fully expecting with, there not to be any baseball for a couple of years. With the rising salaries, well, here's the thing. If they don't agree to a deal for this season, they better start working on that new CBA right away. Right Scrap now. it. 
Let's figure this out. Because here's the thing that some things that are going to be implemented. Universal DH, going to be implemented. I'm fine with that. I go back and forth. The old heads like yeah. no DH. It, part of me likes no DH because I like anarchy and I yeah. like watching pitchers. I, I, love the, I love the strategy and the chess game, but at the same time... And when a pitcher hits a home run, it's my favorite thing ever. Right, but when you're a Brewers fan and you're it's like the bottom of the ninth and you're down by one run and you got a runner in the scoring position and then all of a sudden... Not Brandon Woodruff's coming up to the plate. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> like, right. Uh, so, so I mean, they're they're going to try to look at a salary cap. I think no drug testing. Well, I mean, drug testing like steroids, obviously. Right. But Like the NFL, no, they're going to no be a little more lenient on certain things. Yeah, yeah, which we didn't talk about that with the NBA. They're doing no drug testing. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, obviously, they're going to test for steroids and stuff. But, well, yeah, but no, no weed. Good. Which is how it should be. CBD should be like Especially with like that. half of the states in the country legalizing at least medical. Yeah. But th- we knew that this CBA was going to be nasty because it's the owners or the players keep making more and more money with contracts. Well, sorry to cut you off, but unlike the NBA, we all know MLB and MLBPA have the worst relationship out of all sports. And it's because the MLBPA is probably one of, if not the strongest unions in the entire country. Mm-hmm. Like, let alone the profession. The MLBPA is one of the strongest unions in the entire country. Yeah. And they're not going to back down because they know they're one of the strongest unions in the country. We're headed to a bloodbath. I think that we're going to see probably games be lowered. We might see more playoffs. We might see... I. If there's any way that they can do salary cap, but I don't... They might do, like, a hard luxury tax. At least for, like, this season. Yeah. Maybe. I don't I, know. I think that they're going to head towards, at the very least, a hard luxury tax. Because there's a luxury tax right now, but it's not super, like, hit on, I guess. Like, the Yankees, the Red Sox, Dodgers go over every single year. Yeah. I think that they're going to try to implement something like that. They're going to try to do something for the small market teams, but... Ultimately, it's not going to happen because the large market teams are going to stop it. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of stuff that we don't know is going to happen. I mean, service time is going to be a huge, huge talking point because those players, like, look at a guy like, I mean, Ryan Braun was one of those guys mm-hmm. where they waited until mid-May to call him up because they get that extra year of service time. Chris Bryan was that guy. Yeah, the The players are sick of that. And the entire arbitration process needs a complete working over. Right. It's a great idea in theory, and it helps the small market teams in theory, mm-hmm. but it hurts your your relations with your player, like Josh Hader. Right. And I'm glad you brought all the service time things up, too, because I kind of forgot about it. It's something I want to just touch on for a couple minutes, is that it's really sad what's happening to minor league baseball. It is. And that's... It was already it, a sad... Ex- not a sad existence yeah. for them, but... You know, they they get paid pennies on the dollar. They probably get, I mean, I'm pretty sure they get paid less than we do. I, I hate to keep going on this, but it's like, this just makes me keep thinking, like, if you're, I can't convince, like Ryan was talking about, like, he can't, uh, he's having a rough time, like, trying to convince his son to maybe play baseball. Yeah. Because what's the point in playing baseball if something like this happens again and you, you're in minor league baseball? Like, I saw a like, tweet your, from- Like, your popularity um, of the sport's going to keep going down because you can't have, you're not having people- I want to play your sport. I agree that in theory there was probably a little too much of minor leagues. Yeah, like but, there's like six levels that we don't necessarily need. Right, but 
it's but it's in, what we it's, it's what we have. And when it's, you're drafting that many people out of high school, you need something like that. Yeah, I to see minor league baseball players lose their jobs just because of a pandemic and the fact that we can't keep paying them. Well, right. I saw honestly like the the saddest thing about at least in sports during this pandemic. I saw a tweet that went viral from a minor leaguer today or yesterday that said. Um, I just I want to be given the ability to fail. Yeah. I want to lose my job because I failed. Yeah. What's not the re- because of this. So why did you stop playing baseball? You weren't good enough? No. I just I was they- good. I just I I got let go because of a pandemic. Yeah. And did we even talk about the draft last week? No. Or but honestly, I mean okay, 5 rounds is ridiculous, but the draft needed to be shortened. It did need to be shortened, but 20 rounds. Yeah. You can do twenty rounds. You know some. You know these players already. Listen, right. you've been scouting these guys for months and years. <laughs> you know these guys. To go back into our first point. That just makes me like five rounds. Makes me like wonder if Manfred's ever even like studied an MLB draft. He probably just like look at p- pulled that number out of a hat. He's like, how many rounds do you guys usually have? Well, we'll just do five. Lorenzo Cain was a sixteenth or seventeenth round pick. What was Mariano Al- Rivera like? Deep late round. I don't remember. Uh, Trevor Hoffman was another one of those yeah. deep guys or deep guys. He was drafted as a, a shortstop. Right. Um, Albert Pujols was like a ninth round pick. You see, I mean, not every single player was drafted in the first through third rounds. And or to even see the guys first five rounds. To see guys even who would get drafted in the sixth round, like that's still high. Yeah. Like when when a new draft comes out, I learn the first ten rounds because I mean, chances are you'll see a lot of those guys, like Brandon Woodruff. Yeah. Or no, I think he was a second-round pick. Uh, I don't know about what he had. I, I, I don't know even where he was remotely drafted. I want to say he was second or third. But that kind of thing where you you these players come up, like Brent Suter was not a, a top-five-round pick. Yeah. It's... I, I understand that it's a crapshoot for those kind of guys, and the entire MLB draft is a crapshoot because you're drafting 18-year-olds for their production at 25. Right. But... And these owners aren't hurting that much to not right. pay these guys. They're already getting paid peanuts. If you're the commissioner, you 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 have to do anything in your power to just not have that happen. We had uh, Scooter Jeanette on right. the Bill Michaels show like Great three interview. weeks ago, and he said that his paycheck it was either every was it two weeks or every week. Every, I think it was every two weeks. Every two weeks was four hundred and thirty six dollars when he was at uh, Single A Wisconsin. Right. And he was a pretty highly touted prospect. Like, the minor leaguers make less than we do. Yeah. They make less than a Taco Bell worker. Right. And they're living far away from their families, too, and sometimes living with other families. They're living on a bus. They're eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every single day. Yeah. Like, I, uh, 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 an, uh, an author that I like who was a former pitcher... Spent like nine seasons in the minor leagues. His name is Dirk Hayhurst. What a name. It's a fantastic name. He yeah. went to Kent State. Um, he pitched a couple of years in the major leagues, but he said in the minor leagues, like, I in his books, he was like, yeah, I worked at Radio Shack Jeez. during the offseason. Like, you, you do these jobs, and then the only way that you can work out is you have to, like, go to your old high school. Mm. Or you have to, like, befriend the guy who owns the batting cages. I didn't even think about that. It's 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 I don't want to say it's a miserable existence because at the end of the day you're still getting paid to play a game which is awesome right in theory obviously but as far as an existence can go in a situation like that mm-hmm. it's miserable 
Right. It's absolutely miserable. It's, it's like a it's like a band who hasn't made it big. Mm-hmm. They don't make anything off of their record sales. Like you can consider that their off season work. They make their money off of touring, but they only get a hundred people to go to their concerts. Right. So they're not going to make a lot of money. So they're they're doing these cross country hauls and grinding and all of this, and it's it's a lot of times for nothing. Think about all the players that never make it past single A or double yeah. A. Man, it's felt good to vent about because yeah, I mean, we've uh, been going this segment for almost an hour. It's good because look, Manfred's looking at a campfire right now, and right now he's letting it spread into a wildfire, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's ever going to end, at least for this season. And it's just it's just terrible to think about because when this all happened, I think we all thought, okay, baseball will eventually be back. This was like a worst case scenario for so many fans, and it's more than likely going to happen. That probably not going to have baseball this season. It sucks. So what a stooge! I can't I can't forgive this guy. Like that Drew Brees stuff and all that. Do you, like, do you mean end? Because I can either just, here? I can either just end it here, or we can like, I can tease it in another segment. I think tease it. We'll wrap it up next segment. Okay. All right. All right. So normally, our our last segment, we try to make you guys laugh and all that, but this week's been kind of tough because it's with all, everything that's going on in the country, it's been kind of hard for most of these shows to joke around and stuff like that. So this final segment. Instead of doing the best of, we'll kind of be talking about how we fe- how we feel and what's been going on lately in the country. We're going to talk about that next. Damn. I mentioned it once. I was going to be like, hey, Kevin Durant mentioned he won't play this season. <laughs> and then just edited in there, but we brought him up a couple times, so I'll just go screw it. All right. This can be short. Yeah, I'm honestly not going to very talk to him. I'll talk about Breeze. That's fine. But I won't. You can, I just, you can there, intro it a, if you want. There's a couple of things that I want to talk about. I'm not going to get political. We have to mention the Nick Gardner Studios. We do. And all their shout outs. Yep. I'm not going to get political. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
I don't want to. I, I might, I'll cut you off if you I, do because I, I'm not trying to. I might get slightly political, but we'll see where we go. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, fuck the cops because mm-hmm. that's dangerous. Um, But I'll just talk about like how it's been affecting me and what I've been seeing, that kind of thing. Oh, my God. That fucking video, that guy being pushed over yesterday. I was just like, I was sick after I watched it like three or four times, man. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it here. All right. If you want to intro this segment, you can. Yeah. Because I don't really know how to. You're going to be talking the most in all honesty. Okay, I bet it's right. This mic, if it could like come out <laughs> half a foot more, that'd be awesome. Now, this last segment of the show, like Sam said, is usually us trying to make you laugh. But in all honesty, the past couple of weeks, I haven't been in a laughing mood. No. It's, I mean, starting with the, I think we can safely say murder of George Floyd. Yeah. And the ensuing couple of weeks, there hasn't been much positive news to talk about, which is why... Everyone is running with the NBA story so much because it's our first positive news. It's 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 exciting. And we're starting to not necessarily get our life back to normal. Like I, I saw a nice uh, post today. Someone was saying like, what if, I mean, because 2020 so far this year has been brutal. Starting with Kobe's death. Right. Moving to COVID. And then the march and the fight for racial equality mm-hmm. it's been one hell of a year one that we're only 23 24 so we've obviously never seen but people our grandparents age have never seen before too i can guarantee this will be the year when looking back in our lives that we'll talk about the most so i i saw this post that said like Maybe we shouldn't be trying to think about getting back to normal, mm-hmm. but we should be looking at all of these things that are happening and try to find our new normal and better ourselves. See this as a sign that we need to better ourselves, that kind of thing. Now, obviously, coronavirus, there's nothing that we really could have done about that, but no. the, this racial injustice topic is something that we could. Yeah. And I... The, the, I'm trying to say my words correctly because I don't want right. to say anything wrong. We wanted to, I just, the past couple of weeks we haven't been as jovial. Like I know all of this has hit me hard because I love Twitter and I, I'm i on Twitter all the time and all I'm seeing are these videos from protests and that quickly turn into riots. And it it makes me sick. Like we were just saying that video that came out yesterday of the police officer pushing over the old man who then fell backwards and cracked his head open. Yeah. I, it made me feel physically sick to my stomach. I saw that right before I started like trying to go to bed last night and it just kept me up for a while. You can't fall asleep after. No. Yeah. And then for the Buffalo police to say that he tripped. When everything was on video, it just wasn't a bad look. It's like, it's like you know what's going on and that you still do that. We, That's the you, sickening You part. know that the only reason you have to make a statement on this is because it went viral. Right. Why are you trying to trick us? And I just want to say this early, at least on my part, is yeah. unlike you, I've been silent probably for like the past two weeks or so yeah. on Twitter because 
in all honesty, in my opinion, I know my lane. I'm not, I'm nowhere near the type of person to tell people who and what to do and believe. And I'll admit, the only thing I've really done on Twitter was or social media is Blackout Tuesday and, you know, retweeting the Packers video and stuff like that. I haven't voiced my opinion strongly at all because what the hell does my voice have to do with anything? And I get right. you should if you believe in this movement, but I would rather have my actions speak than what I believe on social media. I, and I a hundred percent understand that. Right. I just, I'm on Twitter so much that there are some things that like, I feel like I don't have necessarily a platform quote mm-hmm. unquote, but you know, I still have like 400 right. followers or whatever. I, I want to get these out to a broader audience. It's nothing that I would ever retweet from like the fan account or something, but it would be ignorant for us to not mention it. Right. Absolutely. It's this isn't something that we can just blow over. No, because obviously we're both white. Yeah, we. Haven't. I come. I come from a super privileged suburban area, right. like I, and all that. I, so when I first went to college in UWM, life changing. <laughs> like I was like, whoa, like okay, I've heard like about how life goes and all that, but like now I'm starting to like realize like I was damn near brainwashed. I. From an early age, my family, like my mom is very open and accepting to everything. And she kind of instilled that on me young, like growing up early, like both of the houses that I've lived in, they've been in mixed communities where like my neighbors are black and I like I I had a bunch like black friends growing up still do obviously. I mean, (laughs) but I I was exposed to some of these things. And when I went to high school, mm-hmm. I went to a Milwaukee Lutheran, right. which became a choice school, which means a lot of those school or kids from the inner cities that didn't want to go to those inner city schools would get to come to our school for right. a uh for education. See, I come from a totally different world. Like I, I I'm and I'm not gonna say that I was it was full on like I was exposed to culture because I absolutely saw racism at my school Mm -hmm. and some of it was like, it wasn't even like we were mentally doing it. Like I, the, the example that I have is my senior hallway. We had our choice of lockers and it was almost like it was separated in between white and black. Yeah. And it's not because we weren't friends or anything. It's just certain friend groups are attracted to different groups and it, it just, it, it almost seemed interesting like and then I my freshman year I one of my roommates was black and I had never I mean I'd like I had a couple of friends that I knew that were black when I was in high school but I'd never truly like had a sit down talk with someone from that and I had my first conversation with him and it completely opened up my eyes Mm. to some of the things that I had done that I didn't realize were was racist yeah or some things that were bigoted or that kind of thing. And it, it kind of opened my eyes. And I think the past couple of weeks have really opened my eyes as well. I've, I've been pulled over a few times for speeding and I've never once been worried about my life. I've been worried about, oh man, how am I going to pay, afford to pay for this ticket? But it's never been, oh man, he's going to ask me to step out of the car and this may be the end of my life. And for that, I'm. It's a good point. I'm incredibly, incredibly. 
I guess I don't want to say what's what's the word privileged. I guess that's the right way to say it. Yeah. I I don't know. I've I've never been like rich. I've never been a part of the upper class or the middle class. My family's always been kind of lower middle class. I mean, at, but it I still it just shows how much of a difference there can be even in the lower middle class between a white family and a black family. Right. Until you're, I think Alvin Kamara said it best last night. I can't remember his tweet exactly. I could pull it up, but it was basically just like, until you're black, you won't know what it's like to be black in America. It, it's a completely- Until you're in the gutter, you don't know what it's like, and you never will, but you can try to understand. Like Kyle Korver said today, like, we can try to understand. We have to understand. And I think, I'm, I love that this is not just something that's occurring in the the United States, but I'm seeing Amsterdam and- like New Mexico Zealand. had a huge, yeah, like huge New Zealand thing today. Things, p- places you never thought this would have carried over to. It sucks that this is the one that's finally sparking the worldwide conversation. But it's but it's a fuck. It, I was about. Huh. It's about. I don't ta- have to bleep that out yet. No, it, it's it, it was about time. Yeah, and it look the Colin Kaepernick thing. Say what you want. It, At the time, I I wasn't a fan of it. Yeah, right. Because I was like, you know, it's distracting from the game. I we should preface we have utmost respect for the troops and absolutely yeah. everything. Yep. I could never be a soldier. No, I, I know myself. But it's the closest things we got to superheroes. But we never. I don't think because we were that was what 2014, 15, Around roughly. Then. Yeah. I don't think at our age we truly realized what he was kneeling for, yeah. especially with the privilege that we had had growing up. Mm-hmm. We didn't realize, and I think that. It wasn't until now when we're hearing the other side's story that we realize what the kneeling is about. It's not about the flag. It's not about the soldiers. It's about what that flag stands for and what their experience has been. Because think about it. When the United States started, it wasn't a good place for black people. They were slaves. And so for us or for white people in general, the flag is seen as this... I I want to say holy thing almost where it's like the thing that you are supposed to adore. Yeah. But for black people, it's not that way. But it's like, how can you claim to be the country of freedom and all that? But you're not. And that's one thing that we're finding out with these protests too. Yeah. Is we're not, or not we, but some of these people aren't given their first amendment right of free speech. I don't want to get into that because I could talk for literally two hours on that. Yeah. Because the whole rioting and protesting thing is a whole, whole shebang. But before you do that, shout out to Milwaukee. Because out of all these cities, I granted some things have happened with, you know, protests and all that. But in all honesty, like, we've kept it, I think, out of most cities. Like, we have been damn near the most peaceful. Which, I mean, because I think that our police... That's the thing that I'm proud that Milwaukee. I went I, okay. I went protesting on Tuesday. I didn't put anything on social media, right? But goddamn, am I proud that we're doing what we're doing the way we are in Milwaukee? Right. I mean, a, a fantastic story is my cousin graduated high school last Sunday, and right after her ceremony, she went out protesting. Mm-hmm. And I I haven't had the chance to protest yet, but I've I've donated to those yeah. bail funds. Because I feel like these people should have their First Amendment right to go out and protest. The problem has been the looters, which 
absolutely do not condone looting. No. But the reason that looting happens is because black people have tried peaceful protests and they don't work. Sometimes you need to do drastic things like the Martin Luther quote or Martin Luther King Jr. quote. Looting is the, what is it, the language of the, voice the unheard? Of the, yeah, unheard and all that. And it makes sense. But a lot of the looting that's happening is it's not by these protesters. It's by the anarchists that are coming yeah. in, some of these white supremacists, these people that are looking to amp things up. And a lot of the rioting is starting because the police aren't, uh, I want to say recognizing, but also respecting these peaceful protests. Right. I mean, they're t- the whole rubber bullet things and losing eyes and the people who are are suffering brain bleeding like you know what's happened you know you're going to be on camera you know no matter anything you do is going to be talked about so why isn't it just it's just frustrating that all these police i love what i'm seeing on social media and all that where some cops are actually like communicating with protesters and some cops are taking off their right gear kneeling with protesters and that's what we have to do Right, it's not. That's what it's not going like, to fix it, but it's the, like it's like the one of the first steps that it has to happen. Being in media, I can confidently say this: that those aren't getting picked up by coverage. Like Flint yeah. had a a huge peaceful protest like that, where the cops were walking oh, arm in arm with them. Yeah, I saw that. Or there was another uh, cop from Michigan. It might have been Flint too, where he was like. Just speaking out to the protesters, yep, like that I, was, that I was Flint as well. I will be what you want me to represent, and I encourage protesters and people who want this to enroll in the police force and become the example that you want to right. be. So that was that the, was uh, that was awesome. That made me damn near shed a tear. The problem is, the media doesn't get paid for that. The no, media gets it, paid it bleeds, for controversy. That's the big, exactly. Yeah, that's the that's so, why I hate me. That's why I'm doing this right now. I didn't want to. I, I wanted to do sports radio to escape all that. Exactly. Because I, I can't remember the last time I turned on the cha- the news and all that because it's just, it makes me hate the world that I live in. And that's not how it should be. The world is, in theory, a good place. Right. But the news focuses on negativity. You know damn well, but- if they did a broadcast on all the great things to happen in the city and then the final part of it would be everything that's bad that's happened that wouldn't drive people that wouldn't drive ratings it's sad but it's the reality and it's unfortunate because in all honesty that's what we need right now yeah i the past couple weeks have not been kind to me no i'm i'm someone i'll admit that struggles with mental illness yeah just like anxiety and depression and that kind of thing same it's I mean, last weekend I broke down. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, it was all negative, and the thing that put me over it wasn't like last week. the The biggest video that went viral was the the three minute video of the NYPD just assaulting everyone. That was, or I think it was Friday or Saturday that that one went viral. That See, wasn't, I, I haven't been on Twitter much, man, because like that I, I wasn't, can't, I can't like. It's bad. Yeah, that wasn't the video that broke me. It was a video I saw right after that, of an old man just standing on the side of the street doing nothing. Oh yeah. And these yeah. police walk by, and they just push him over. It's like, and it's this old man with a cane just standing there. He didn't say anything, didn't do anything, and they pushed him over, and I lost it. It's I like, st- have they not like talked to each other? Like, hey, 
I know this is like our standard procedures, but we can't be doing this right now because it's going to be caught on camera. It's right. going to, people are going to talk about it. It's like, they, it's just so sad. It's weird that like, it feels like they haven't even talked about that. I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit that I, I started bawling yeah. when I saw that video. Cause it's like, what better representation of what's going on right now? I'm not going to pigeonhole every police officer no. in being a bad a bunch apple. of great police officers and you know I, I have the utmost and respect I'm, to them because their job is dangerous. And I'm all not going to pigeonhole every single person protesting in being a peaceful protester because it's dangerous. There's no such thing as, I mean, as funny as it sounds, there's no such thing as black and white no. in this. But that video was such a perfect representation of what's going on where it's just peaceful getting pushed over by aggression and it was so sad and I, there's so much more that i could say right now but i right. feel like we haven't even we didn't even touch on the drew Brees stuff and all that and just real quick drew Brees, he made a comment a couple years ago during the kaepernick thing where he said like i don't condone I, he considered it disrespecting the flag. He'll never, at the time, he said, I'll never support you know, anybody who kneels and all that. And a lot of people at that time were saying it because Kaepernick was the... Right. I mean, I have to give credit for him. I mean, the balls to do that. The absolute balls to do that then. Now, I mean, we might see every single team with some kneelers, and I... I understand why. Zach Galvin, Gary Ellison were even asking the question, like, could we see Rodgers take a knee? And I think Rodgers will, because I think that he has been genuine yeah. with his comments on this. Mason Crosby but, said that majority of that Enough is Enough video that they put out, Rodgers wrote up most of that. I believe it. Read. Yeah. Um, but Drew Brees confirmed his comments this week, saying that he has too much respect for the troops and that kind of thing to condone kneeling, which I understand what he's saying, Yeah. but it just comes across as racist and ignorant the weird thing is is like we know how smart he is and how you know how impactful he's been it's just like first to not realize the bait that you were being set up for right and then to not have the awareness of the time to say that comment is not the time despite and how you feel about the it the funniest thing about that is that hit that he was doing was for Wrangler jeans. That was an advertisement. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Like you had to realize that you're 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 a multi-millionaire quarterback who has already a broad. Well, maybe not now, but who already had a broadcast. Like you are you've one of made, the pinnacle quarterbacks, you've and you made don't millions of dollars because black men have caught bat footballs from you. Right. Black men have guarded you on your offensive line. Black men have ran the ball for you. Well, you won a that. Super Bowl because of that. It's not even that. Like you've done press conferences, and you know when reporters are trying to push you and all that. And you can't tell me that you would have realized. That. I know he's been passionate about the military and all that with you know his grandparents and how. And I understand that kind of thing. It, but that, that's the thing that bothers me the most about Breeze is that he just wasn't aware. Like my guy, you play in New Orleans, right? Like out of any city in this. In the NFL, that you shouldn't be saying that. It's New Orleans. You've done some great things for that city, but you're almost making their argument and their fight, I don't want to say invalid, but you are kind of invalidating what they're doing. Well, it just makes me think. Because you're just, you're not, 
realizing what they're marching for. Yeah, like, At this point, you're still not realizing it. What the hell were you thinking during all this in your locker room when this was going on during Kaepernick's kneeling and all that? Were you just so like out of touch with your team and locker room that you didn't even know what was really going on? That's just it. Just makes this all makes me think. It's just it's weird, man. So I mean, we're starting to see some reform. Like we're seeing California or L.A. created new police reform. We're starting to see these, uh, like the NAACP. I think is starting to get more money. Yeah. Um. A lot of these not necessarily charities, but organizations aiming to get us closer to equality have been booming right now. Mm -hmm. And Arian Foster was on, pardon my take, their podcast this week. I listened to that. It was was an hour, and if you know them, they're usually pretty silly, but it was a serious conversation, and I recommend that everybody goes and listens to that because it's absolutely eye-opening. That's uh, just some of these things. He's such an interesting guy, man. Even before all this, like, just his his looks on life are just very interesting and unique. Yeah. And, I mean, he talked about some of the stories that he personally has had, like growing up in a house with domestic violence and having the police called on them, that kind of thing. Like, I I recommend that people go and just do their research on these kind of things before, one, having opinions, but just also researching these so that you understand the other side. Right. Understand why this is happening, why they have to resort to riots and protesting. That's all we're asking. Mm-hmm. In theory, all we're asking is that you just just don't be a dumbass about all this. <laughs> just don't be a dumbass. It's really not that hard in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the United States. Love everybody. Love everybody. Don't be a dumbass. Treat everyone as right. equal. Love everybody like we love Andy Spitzer and Anthony Mandela and Nick our, Gardner and this beautiful Nick Gardner studio. Right. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Stay safe. Don't do anything stupid. Don't be a dumbass. Fight for what you believe. Spread love. We'll talk to you next week. I need a beer. Right. Same. Time for us to go. Have a good one. Legitimately, have a good one. Right. We love you. Sure. Bye. Time for that beer. Yeah.